0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And on the stack, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out this week. Let's kick it off with the most marvelous one of all The Marvels, number one from Marvel, written by Marvel, art by Marvel. I'm kidding. Ah. It's written by Kurt Busiek, art by uh, Yildere Sinar. And the idea of this book is you usually get these team-up books uh, where it's the Avengers world or it's the X-Men world and they don't really cross. What if there was every idea in the Marvel Universe all together at the same time? But mixing it a little sense of the Alex Ross Marvel series, also by Kurt Busaic, I want to say. I think it was Kurt Busaic and Alex Ross. So you also get somebody who's a little bit of a bystander in the Marvel Universe getting mixed up in the action here. Pete, what did you think about this one? Well, excuse me.
2: I've been drinking. Um, I really think that like it's beautiful, a lot of amazing art, great character stuff. It kind of jumps around. Uh, but some really breathtaking panels. Um, yeah, I, a lot of great action, uh, and I, you know, kind of like classic cap moment where, you know, uh, he's reading a book, you know, before he jumps out of a plane. I think that's like, uh, real fun to see. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was kind of a great start. I think, uh, the art's the real hero here, but, uh. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. I think as a first issue, it does a great job of kind of getting you in this world and getting excited for more.
0: I am surprised you didn't mention the Punisher at any point, Pete, because he does show up in here. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to talk about Marvel, uh, you better fucking have the
2: Punisher in there.
0: (laughs) He's right on the masthead and everything. I love the idea. To your point, it jumped around a lot. It was hard to hold on to, I think, It's classic Kurt Busiek in terms of he is a very smart writer who knows what he's doing, so he's setting up a lot of stuff there. But the thing that grabbed me the most was the idea of somebody doing tours in the Marvel Universe, because of course that would happen. Of course somebody would commandeer an old Fantasticar tour around – not celebrities – tourists and show them off a Spider-Man fight and all of these other things and the Baxter building. Such a smart, such a fun idea that I really enjoyed a lot. I, it feels like we're going to get away from that in future issues, but I love that idea that felt so consistent with Marvel's. So I was a big fan of that aspect of the issue.
2: Also, kind of a, a fun fact here, we have in this issue um, uh, this kind of like, uh, and maybe you know who this is, the this like Michael Jackson character on a giant motorcycle. Um, and that was like one of the first, uh, uh, Spider-Man comics that character was on there. And I was like, Oh, who is this? What is this about? And it really kind of, uh, got me kind of, I picked up my kind of first comic and off the spinner rack at a Wegmans and, uh, you know, the rest was kind of history. So it was kind of cool to see the, this character back. What else did you grab at the Wegmans? Did you get a Wegman sandwich and Wegman cookies? You're goddamn right. I mean, you know, I was part of the Cookie Monster
0: Club. You know, I'm always getting cookies (laughs) every time I walk into a Wegmans. Amazing. I didn't know they sold comics. That's kind of great. Let's move on and talk about Robin, number one, from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Gleb Melnikov. This is focusing on Damian Wayne. He is getting embroiled into a classic Mortal Kombat-style fight club and man, it ends, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but it ends in a very surprising way. I I enjoyed this, but I love the twist more, and I'm very excited to read what happens going forward.
2: Um, and we're, uh, I'm sorry, sometimes I kind of like uh, block you out when you're talking. Did you
0: say Robin great. number one? We were talking yes. about what? Oh, great. Did you block uh, me out for the entire time I was talking about? How well, much have you had to drink? Oh, a lot. Pete, it is Wednesday at 9 a.m. What's going on with you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I know, but you know Wednesdays are uh, hump day, so you got to drink. Everybody's I, doing the Humpty Hump. Rip. Oh, rest, right, in, rest in, peace. in peace. Oh, shock, shock you. Come on, man. I mean, yeah. it's too soon. Um, but uh, I, this is a crazy comic. Amazing art. I really love this issue. Uh, that last panel. Who? Uh, and I love the uh, the king snake fight. I uh, love the flashbacks uh, with the childhood uh, friend. there doing the art and the Alfred stuff. All oh, the Alfred stuff. So touching. Uh, I'm glad somebody's talking about fucking Alfred. I mean, come on. Everybody's
0: talking about Alfred pretty much all the time, Pete. But, yeah, good book. Very fun. Next up, another number one, Shadow Man, number one from Valley Comics, written by Colin Bunn, art by John Davis Hunt. This is a book that we talked to Colin Bunn when he was on the live show a couple of months back, and he said that he has been waiting forever for this to come out. But this is a real horror take on Shadow Man. He is investigating a mystery at a... Rich person's messed up party and it gets as gross as humanly possible. In particular, I think John Davis's Hunt's art here is very good, very gross and terrifying in the right way. Uh, and I, I dug this. I'm not always a shadow man guy. I feel like it gets way too into the dead side stuff, but. I, I like this take. I enjoyed this and I'm excited to read more. What about you, Pete?
2: I, I agree. Uh, I am a shadow man head. I love shadow man. One of my favorite characters, uh, from valiant and we've valiant has kind of, uh, brought out a, a couple different Shadowmen. Uh, so I'm very excited about this one. Uh, I really like this kind of like leaning into the horror aspect of it. And, uh, Um, And the kind of characterization is a little different from anything we've seen before. I really enjoy the Sith that he has and how it changes depending on what's going on is very cool. The character designs, the person that he has, like, talking to him in his ear is very interesting. Uh, I, I think this is great. I'm very excited as far as number one goes, like, really does a great job of kind of like differentiating itself from the other kind of like shadow men comics. So I think this is very exciting as far as this character going in a different direction. And yeah, if you've, why would you go to a rich uh, person's like eyes wide shut party at this point? Like it's not going to end well, like don't do it. Just, you know, go anywhere else. Uh, but man alive, uh, there's nothing worse than rich, rich douchey people. I tell you,
0: I gotta say, I love the way that you say shadowman as la as if it was his last name, like his name is Jake shadowman. <laughs> I really enjoy that quite a bit Let's move on and talk about Helm Grey Castle, Number one oh, from Image yeah. Comics Story by Henry Barajas Art by Brian Valenza And Ramat M. Hundoko This is your typical fantasy stuff But there's some twists and turns worked in here I'll tell you what, I was surprised This wasn't a He-Man riff Based yeah. on the title Yeah, It's not oh. uh, But what do you think, Pete? Yeah, I got real
2: excited by the title. It seems like, you know, it was a a fanfic uh, based off of uh, prior, uh, before He-Man stuff. But uh, I was really impressed. This is, like, first off... The amount of stuff that you're getting in this comic, not only are you getting like amazing uh, maps of the world but all this breakdown and like special stuff in the back, which is great, all this glossary and kickstarter backers and like amazing art and I was really impressed with all that you 're getting in this book as like as far as a package is concerned, mm-hmm. but I think it's just kind of like the classic like okay here 's the team like you know we've got the wizard person we've got the dwarf. We got the badass lady. And I tell you, this, even though it kind of fits into like tropes or whatever, really delivers. At first, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? but I was really impressed with the story. I was really impressed with the different characters and this is based off love and what you would do for love. And also has like some really amazing Aztec God stuff that's going on here. That is really very, very fucking cool. I, I thought that even though it's was like, okay, here we go. I thought it
0: really did a great job of being different in and all the right ways. Let's move on to talk about Black Widow number 6 from Marvel, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Rafael de la Torre. We loved the first arc of this book, which found Black Widow very much out of her element. In this arc, she is back in her element. The spy game, the violence game, she's working with White Widow, a.k.a. Yelena here, to investigate a new mystery, and potentially there's a tease that they might start up a Red Room of their own in some sense. What do you think about this one did this follow up on the high level of the first arc and are you still on board with this book
2: Uh yes I feel like uh this the art is really great uh the the writing here uh by Kelly Thompson is is fantastic I love the action I love the pacing this it does really feel like Black Widow and uh I I really hope the movie is going to be something like based on these new comics that we're getting, because the pacing, the storytelling, uh, the kind of personification of this character is so great. Um, I I like when I see Black Widow with a human side and not just kind of like cold-blooded and and whooping ass. Like, don't get me wrong. I I love uh, seeing Black Widow whoop some ass, but like, I, I feel like, How they do the softer side really tells, like, who's uh, doing this Black Widow, like, what kind of Black Widow this is. And I feel like this is great. I mean, just, like, she's kicking people out windows, just having a great time. I I also really like the twist at the end. I think this is great. I think it does
0: a great job of picking right off where the other one left off. And to your point about the movie, it's just end of April here. The movie, movie doesn't come out until July 9th, I think. Oof. Plenty of time for them to base the movie on the comics that are coming out right now. I think. Yeah,
2: plenty yeah. of time. Like <laughs> a couple of reshoots, you know, mm-hmm. some rewrites. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, all movies. Well, the movies are work. performed live. Last, I believe. Last minute. Yeah. I think so. They're like they're, they're like in like Broadway. Shows. Next up, Batman 17, Batman Superman number 17 from DC Comics, written by Gene Lung Yang, art by Ivan Rice. This is picking up on a great first, I put in quotes first, because a lot of the stuff is soft rebooted at DC, but first issue of Batman Superman, where we got a weird double film strip type issue. One story about Batman, one story about Superman. They crossed over. There's a tease that was something else was going on. At the end there, that's where we pick up, and we find that there is a master manipulator trying to recut the DC universe to make his own ultimate story. We flash back to these two universes here. This is great. I love this. I think as creatively structured as the first issue was, this follows up very nicely with the story. Gene Lanyang has a great handle on all these characters. I really enjoyed this quite a bit. And Ivan Rice's art, of course, is... Excellent superhero stuff. What do you think, Pete?
2: Uh, I think it was a little easier to read than the last one. Uh, I think it's fun and very creative, but I don't know what it is that I just. It, for me, it's like hard to get into.
0: Well, you don't like f- Batman or Superman, right?
2: But yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I just uh, I don't know what it is, but it's it's hard for me. I don't know if it's like the film kind of like paneling or whatever. I, well, you don't like film, busy. right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but it's just, it's hard to kind of get into it. And also the uh, the Robin is kind of like the dated, like, yay, I'm having fun, Robin. Like, no, dude, you're in the Gotham mean fucking streets, bro. You better have your head on the swizzle. swizzle. What'd you
0: th- on the swizzle? On um, the swizzle. <laughs> you got to have your head on the swizzle. That's what I always say. What would you think about the Joker with his mouth in his tummy? That was pretty upsetting. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That was a nightmare vision right there that I don't think I've ever seen before. All right, let's move on and talk about Summoner War Legacy Number 1 from Image Comics, written by Justin Jordan, Jordan art by Luca Claretti. This is based on a game, I want to say. I've never played it, but I thought this was a fun time. Justin Jordan knows his way around a fantasy universe. We get a new hero who is summoning a bunch of stuff but getting it kind of wrong. She's trying to get it right, gets sucked into the middle of a war. I expected this to be much more serious than it was, but I came out enjoying it quite a bit. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I enjoyed the lightness of it.
2: Um, And I also enjoyed the kind of, like, person who's, you know, coming to her own, trying to get her powers right and trying to figure things out. I thought it handled it in such a great way. And who doesn't love, like, a flying uh, giant falcon kind of pet that you can ride and fly on? I mean, uh, I I also liked the, the kind of, like, dad wizard figure with the giant uh, necklace. I thought, uh, very cool. I, I like the character designs. I like the story. I thought the pacing was great. And the kind of uh, lighter, kind of, like, fun animation to it uh, makes it makes it flow real nice and, and kind of creates a fun world. Uh, so yeah, I I first I was like, oh, what's this going to be? But I was more impressed with it the more I read. So, thought it was cool.
0: Well, and I'll tell you what I'm impressed by, Pete. I am impressed that this week's podcast is brought to you by Earth Echo Foods and their superfood product, Cacao Bliss. You know, I cacao. actually got to uh, cacao. You know, I actually got to try some of the product. This is true, and uh, they sent a very nice book, a recipe book, and a frother to froth my cacao. Ooh, you're into frothing now like that's your deal (laughs) that's my whole deal from top to
2: bottom i'm into the froth baby wow i tell you what frothing is fun it is fun, actually. I, and uh, I also just wanted to say, don't cacao
0: flex on me about like how you're like so into this, and I'm just mm-hmm. getting started. Yeah. All right. Well, pretty soon, I'm sure you'll be into cacao and You'll do your own cacao flex. A uh, couple of basics. They start with 100% organic cacao beans, then blend them with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper. I mean, that... It sounds cool, but, like, you know, I'm a Mountain Dew guy myself. Yeah, well, and I get that. But Cacopolis will actually remove your cravings, facilitate weight loss, boost your energy, and reduce your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. Yeah, but the real question everybody's thinking is how does it go with vodka? Mixed well? I, I I don't know. Mm, For the last eight years, up. Earth Echo Foods has been a leader in the superfoods market, and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. If you want fifteen percent off, use the code Minute Fifteen. Check it out at EarthEchofoods.com dot com slash Minute Media, and now let's turn it Cacao. back. Cacao. Let's turn it back to the comic books with, I'm sure, one of Pete's favorites. Beta Ray Bill, number two from Marvel Comics by Daniel Warren Johnson. Pick it up on the first issue here. Beta Ray Bill is trying to get his more human form back from his more horse form, and he goes to great lengths to get at this issue, teaming up with Scourge, teaming up with Pip, going into hell itself. Pete, you're a big fan. What's going on?
2: Okay, all right. First off, Daniel Warren Johnson is killing this book. It is glorious. I mean, the double spread page of the ship, and you get to see all the different compartments of the ship. And it looks like De- uh, Daniel uh, Warren Johnson is drawing in one of the uh, like little bottom compartments. Looks like that's him. It's quite hilarious. But seeing Scourge here is glorious. Um, you know, this is interesting. It, it kind of uh, makes uh makes your heart break a little bit uh for Beta Ray Bill and how much he doesn't like the way he looks um so this is gonna be like a really interesting mission that he's done uh where he's kind of like looking to f- uh fix himself, but I'm hoping he's gonna find himself and realize that uh he is badass just the way he is. I love the bar scene; this is probably the best Odin you've ever seen in your life uh I cannot wait; they set up the kind of like whole adventure in this issue. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. An amazing kind of ride and just like epic, epic, epic uh backgrounds and just like uh, the like the way the hell landscape and that whole portal thing. Oh man, this is so much fun, very exciting. I'm very happy
0: this book exists. I also love this book, but my main thought here is what are you going to do, Pete? When we have Daniel Warren Johnson on our live show on May 11th, how are you going to deal with that? Are Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. Yeah. He's going to be on the show May 11th. Yeah. Oh,
2: I don't know how I'm going to be able to hold myself <laughs> together, man. Holy <laughs> shit. This is going to be weird. Like I'm going to be rocking the t-shirt I made of his comic <laughs> giant panel from his comic that I have that was nicely given to me by Aaron and John. Like I, oh dude. It, oh, I don't know how that's gonna go. I'm, am a little worried. I'm sweating.
0: I didn't mean mean to hep you up too much. Sorry about that, Pete. But Um, I agree with you. This book is so good. Love Beta Ray Bill as a character. Love the depth of emotion that they put in this book. It's so good. And the art is fantastic as well. I can't wait to see next issue because the only thing this issue held back on a little bit is the big, bonkers visuals that Daniel Warren Johnson does so well. And I think purposely so because we're heading to Muspelheim. We're going to see Souter probably. We're going to see these hell land landscapes and big battles. What are you talking about? That that ship was like, I love a good cross section. I am so here for a good cross section. It's great. This issue is great. Don't get me wrong. Don't jump on me, Pete. Let's move to Action Comics, 1030 from DC Comics, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Becky Cloonan, and Michael W. Conkrad. Art by Daniel Semperi and Michael Avon Oming. The front story is about Superman dealing with the fact that he may be losing a step here. We don't know exactly why, but there's some stuff going on. He's trying to decide whether he's going to turn the mantle of Superman over to his son, John. At the same time, Warworld and Mongol have some plans for him. And in the backup story, we're getting more of Midnighter and Apollo, which I know you love oh, ever yeah. so much, Pete. Uh, what do you think about this one? This is
2: really uh, becoming epic. Like this whole kind of thing of like maybe Superman dying and like, uh, I-, I am just really impressed of how this comic is building towards this event. And I feel like all the right ways First off, like crazy opening, amazing art. The The Batman Ray stuff is great. How Batman's just giving it to him straight and like Adam's trying to sugarcoat the shit is really funny. And then the touching like Damien and Superboy on the rooftop talking about their dads was fantastic. I, I am very excited to see where this goes. I feel like this is this is really
0: building towards something here. This is a great, and this is a great package too. I really like the fact that we get a full main story and then a backup story. It feels like a very hefty comic, which is really nice. And they're both yeah. good. They're good yeah. teams on both stories. So it's a lot of fun. Next up, crossover number six from Image Comics written by Donny Cates, art by Jeff Shaw. This is the end of the first arc of this book as our... Not exactly a team, but our group of characters are trying to enter the dome that is around Denver. Uh, they're trying to get in there. That's where Justin is right now. They're trying to get him out, maybe. And the, so far, <laughs> they haven't been successful. Uh, but this is awesome. This is everything that you want out of this book. There's a double-page splash of all these different comic book oh. characters fighting, Uh, I hesitate to spoil any of it because if if you don't want to know, you don't want to know, but turn away for a second. I'll just mention it here because for those who aren't sold on this comic book, just know that it's basically every image character, all fighting on one page. And then we get, Oh oh my gosh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name. The old astronaut guy from Black Hammer is there as well. And it's just, this is paying off On the premise of of the premise, and I I can't believe how hard it's hitting it. But the thing that I think is so special and wonderful about this book is in between Madman showing up and Savage Dragon showing up and the darkness and Witchblade and all of these other characters, Hit-Girl shows up and one of the characters is like, oh shit, this is the best day of my life. It's about the characters at the center of the original characters. And I think that's the thing that is making this book work is the emotional underpinning of these new characters that we don't know. And the rest of it is this, this really awesome set dressing. Well, also what's crazy
2: is like, Oh, first off, I completely agree with everything you're saying there. This is really epic and really delivering is like, this is when you, when it was called crossover I was like when are we going to get the splash pages like when are we going to get like to me like the crossover is you really get this in this issue with the double page just everybody from image like just fighting and kicking butt and the hit girl, like the line afterwards, she's like a mind too, because like she gets to like fuck up zombies, like just so great. I mean, walking dead zombies. She gets to fuck up walking dead zombies. (laughs) It's just, this is so fun and you really feel it. And the last page reveal is great. I, I feel like this, uh, comic did such a great job early on, like establishing things and then building towards this in such a great way. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm, I feel like they are really killing this. And this is uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm very excited to see where this goes in a second arc, given everything that's been laid out here. Let's move on, talk about X-Men Legends number 3 from Marvel, written by Louis Simonson, art by Walter Simonson. So the idea of this book is in-continuity stories from classic X-Men teams, telling stories that they never got to tell in their original runs. So these are not retellings of stories like we've seen before with books like this. This is not stuff that doesn't count. This is all stuff that's important. Um, But beyond that, with this issue, it is just so great to see Louise Simonson, Walter Simonson working together on classic X-Factor again. It's just so much fun to see Apocalypse, Cameron Hodge, ship. All these, honestly, kind of dub X Factor costumes, but I really enjoy them on a nostalgic level. It's just nice. It, it's like a warm, comfy blanket of a comic book.
2: Aw, that's great. Uh, I'm glad. I, I feel <laughs> like uh, this is very cool. It's it's one of those things where. Uh, like, you know, for some people, it's a warm, comfy blanket. Other people, it's like, I don't want to see Scott and Jean Grey kiss. I don't want to see that at all. Also, like, what's why is he shooting lasers? But I think that, like, for some why people. Why
0: is he shooting lasers? Cyclops?
2: Yeah. yeah, as he's kissing? That's not cool. You could, you could hurt somebody. No,
0: he just has, like, the glint. He has a glint on his
2: ruby quartz. Like looks like he was, while he was kissing, he was shooting somebody else. If, you,
0: if you had laser blast eyes, you'd be like, eh. Maybe I'll laser blast somebody when I kiss them just one no, time, just to see no, what happens. No, I wouldn't. That's a
2: really fucked Just to fucked like up. test it that's, out. You should talk to somebody, because you shouldn't be walking on the streets having those thoughts. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's old-timey fun if you're into that, and if that's how you like <laughs> it. Uh, the, it's like the Renaissance Festival
0: of Comic Books.
2: Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, after a little while, I was like, okay, I get it. But uh, I'm glad that you had yourself a warm-weighted blanket and felt soft and fuzzy again, so it was
0: great. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Harley Quinn, number two from DC Comics, written by Stephanie Phillips, art yeah. by Riley Rosmo. This is uh, Harley doing a Harley thing, <laughs> you know, basically. Like, I think Stephanie Phillips writes it, but the real star here is Riley Rosmo on art, who is perfect for Harley Quinn, I think Stephanie Phillips is definitely writing to Riley Rosmo Strix, taking some weird, wild action sequences in there. Uh, what do you think, Pete?
2: I love this. Uh, uh, the art is glorious. The story just fits really well. This feels like Harley Quinn. It's just a, a fun, cool story. Great Hugo Strange in this. And Kevin! You know you, Kevin's grown on me. I feel like uh this I'm excited to see how things unfold with Kevin. I'm a little worried about Kevin, but um yeah, I feel like this we is need just to talk a, about Kevin, yeah, I just think it's a it's a fun Harley Quinn book that uh uh it, it, it's a little different because of the art but man it it really uh, fits in set d c in such a fun way.
0: Next up, Deadly Class, number 45, from Image Comics, written by Rick Remender, art by Wes Craig. In this issue, we are jumping forward to the 90s and following our main character here, Marcus, as he deals with a new status quo. Uh, Man, I'll tell you what, I went through so many different thought processes while I was reading this book. One, it's great to have Deadly Class back. Two, Mm. Wes Craig is awesome. So good. I love his art. I love what he does here with Deadly Class. When I got to the page where they revealed that I I think it was 1992 and they had the Nirvana baby there, I laughed out loud. It was definitely Rick Remender doing what he always says with his book, which is channeling the feeling of the time period that he's in here. And then there's a bunch of a person shitting himself, which is just like Rick Rebender's thing at this point. Um, I like this issue. What did you
2: think, Pete? So I agree with everything you said. The it's so great to have it back. I mean, art is absolutely legendary just absolutely legendary when the the characters are having the discussion by the pool and the light is reflecting on them from the pool just so amazing like the attention to detail there's panels that are very sparse there's panels that are are very busy uh there's too bad that justin's not here there's some nods to some great things that he loves uh I, yeah, I was just really impressed. The whole scene in the bathroom where a dude's just reading in a bathtub, like he lives there, just really felt like the 90s to me. I, I just, uh, I think that, like, this is just a very special, fucked up book and all the right Rick Remender ways. I mean, the fact that he was, like, chasing after, like, after someone busted him for, like, uh you know being naked on the floor having that thing up his ass and being like running after or being like it's not weird people sometimes have need help pooping was just just hysterical And then the kind of like reveal of like this is about as me as it gets was just magic. And then the little note from Rick at the end,
0: so touching. And he says he loves us, so everything's going to be okay, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it's all going to turn out very well for Marcus. Moving on to Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 25 from Marvel, written by Saladin Ahmed, Cody Ziegler, art by Carmen Carnero and Natasha Buttsdos. The front story is the kickoff of a clone saga, but this time with Miles Morales. And the backup story is another story of Miles, uh, this time tangling with a new villain about a cake. And it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought this book was great. I like Saladin Ahmed's take on Miles. I think there's some good, interesting, weird danger here. The fact that they're aware that nobody likes the Clone Saga and are kind of riffing off that. There's almost this modern cottage industry in Marvel of saying, hey, you know what? The Clone Saga sucked. Let's tell a good story around the Clone Saga. And once again, I think it works here. Pete? Oh,
2: it's too dangerous. Don't go near the Clone Saga. It was bad enough. Don't fucking rip open old wounds. I really like the... Uh, stuff between the friends here, um, you know, talking about who's dating who and then like Miles getting too riled up and then like friend being like, get your hands off me. I just uh, some great, powerful stuff. I love the way that kind of Miles is trying to kind of put things together here as this issue goes on. It's very cool. Uh, Spider-Man fight. I Yeah, I'm nervously excited for about what's going on i don't want anything ever to do with the clone saga but i feel like this miles morales book is doing great so i'm gonna trust it and uh, follow along but man am i worried next up the department also yes
0: backup story was absolutely magical very delightful. The Department of Truth, number eight, from Image Comics, written by James the IV, art by Martin Simmons. In this issue, our main character is still grappling with what is real, what is lies, how do conspiracy theories work? And there's such a smart thing in this issue that how do you clean up after they've dealt with these conspiracy theories specifically here. There was a gigantic ice wall at the end of the world that was established in, I believe the first or second issue. Mm -hmm. So they got to take care of that in this issue. Um, Terrifying, smart, well done, well drawn. This book is truly incredible. Pete, what do you think?
2: Uh, It's yeah, it's creepy in all the right ways, um, the just the kind of like paneling that uses like uh what psychopaths do when they cut up like newspapers to spell things, and like there's all these words like in between the panels to really heighten this kind of like conspiracy stuff. I, I, the, 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 it's almost like they kind of like wash over panels in different tones. It's really artistic and impressive and saying a lot of stuff. I just, don't know what's happening right yet. <laughs> but I am really in awe of the artistic swings and the storytelling and what's happening. And I don't really need to know yet, but man, it's uh it's it's finally starting to deal with the lizard people, which when we talk about conspiracy theories, it's one of my first things that I think Number of. Number so one, late. baby. So I'm bullet. excited to see what's gonna happen with this. But man, uh yeah, this is a lot of tripped out fun, and I feel like
0: it's uh Hopefully, it will land really well, but man, this is really cool. Yeah. Next up, Berserker number two from Boom Studios, written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent, art by Ron Garney. In the first issue, we got a nonstop battle scene from our main Berserker, Keanu Reeves, basically. In this issue, we take a flashback and we find out about his origin, or at least part of his origin, how he came to be, what happened to him we talked to Matt Kent about this a little bit on our live show a couple of weeks back. So definitely go listen to this one. I love this issue too. It was very different from the first issue, but I really like the origin story. I thought it was so smartly and grossly done. Uh, Ron Gardy's art is impeccable across the board. Pete, what about you?
2: Yeah, this is super crazy and intense, but really fits this berserker style. I, uh, yeah, I continue to be impressed by this book. We've, you know, we've seen like a couple of different things with Berserker, and Keanu is really killing this. This has been really insane and over on top in all the right
0: ways, and I have been really enjoying this book. I'm very surprised he rips a cow in half. I, I yeah, never thought you would like that sort of thing.
2: And a poor cow, and that like he like dives through a horse. It's kind of gross, but man. <laughs>
0: Uh, cool. Let's move on. And talk about Shadecraft number two from Image Comics, written by Joe Henderson, art by Lee Garbett. In this book, a, a young girl finds out that her brother has turned into a shadow creature. There might Classic. be more evil shadow creatures out there. She's dealing with the ramifications of that in this issue. I like this issue better than the first one, even I thought there was some good setup of the first one, some creepy yeah. visuals, but here I think the characters are really starting to hit their stride. I like the mythology that they're setting up and that's interesting. And finally having a character for our main character to play off of, even if it's a shadow, literally of her brother, I thought was very neat and very smart and fun to watch. Pete. Yeah, I agree. Like the
2: brother sister moments are fun and sweet. Um, the whole kind of like, uh, shadow world is very interesting. This is a very kind of cool book and it's, it's handled well where it's kind of, you're still dealing with teen drama a little bit, but then also like there is this foreboding of something coming that's going to be bigger and scarier. So, I I also, the scene in the, like the principal's office was hysterical, especially when the shadow finds out that she's got a gun and that's like, whoo, whoo, whoo. Oh sorry so it's a spoiler but
0: uh no that's right Guidance Counselor also but oh yeah Guidance yep. Counselor so. uh but yeah good stuff uh, definitely a good book to jump on early next up Once in Future number 18 from Boom Studios written by Karen Gillen art by Dan Mora in this issue everything changes in a huge climactic insane way I read most of this issue thinking okay I like this book. Like we've been talking about, it kind of get to get to something, whatever it's going to get to. It's fun to read. But what are we going to, get to like? pull the lid off and really move forward with it? That's this issue. Like By the end of this issue, things have gone totally bonkers. Spoiler warning here, but Boris Johnson is dead. So that's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the visuals are absolutely wild. Pete, your favorite grandma is a little upset here. What would you think?
2: Yeah, I. This is just continues to be one of the best books on the shelf. Uh, I love the art. We get you get dragons in this issue. You get over the top violence and head ripping. Uh, I think this is just nonstop fun from issue one, and the characters are so great. Uh, and I mean, what's better than a badass grandma?
0: I mean, come on. Hey, man, you got to follow your fetishes, whatever they are. Last oh, but not stop. least. Don't put that on me. I mean, you put that on yourself. The comic book history of animation, number five from IDW Publishing, oh, written man. by Fred Van Lente, art by Ryan Dunlavy. This is the final issue of this title. Animation is done after this. There's no more history to talk about. Uh, but just kidding. They talk about Pixar in this issue. They talk a little bit about your faves, Narcissica. Narcissica. N- N- Nausicaa. And Nausicaa. The yeah, in the Valley of the Wind. It's- uh, and a bunch of other stuff with Miyazaki there. Uh, and it brings us up to the current day in terms of the history of animation. Again, as usual, fun, informative, just a great series. And if you missed it... Pick up all five issues. Read it. You're not going to be sorry. It's not just a dry history lesson as usual. It's fun and it's interesting. And if you have any interest in animation or you've ever seen any animation, you're going to like this book.
2: Yeah, I mean, they do such a great job of giving you facts in a cool, funny, fun way. And also, like, talking about things, you know, from your childhood. You know, they touch on how The Simpsons were made. Like, uh, you know, Batman, the animated series, Mask of the Phantasm, like all this great, great stuff. And you're getting like insider behind the scenes shit. And it is uh, it's really informative and crazy. And uh, it's it's so so well kind of like curated. It's it's really well done. And even like touching the endings, like a little touching. I mean, Fred Van Lanty a giant sweetheart and I love it. Oh, very nice. And we love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. If you wait, like support what? I just wanted to say I uh, uh I checked out uh, Detective Comics uh, 1035. <laughs> oh, God. And I just wanted to say it was uh, you know, it was a cool ass story. Uh and uh I I I very weird. I am liking this kind of like uh uh take on Batman with this weird drug and zombies maybe and then the huntress Huntress was really such a cool kind of thing so I'm excited for where that's going. That's great to hear.
0: I'm really yeah. glad to hear that Pete. If you like but, to you support our
2: pod I, I like what? to, you know, sometimes give the people a little bit extra, you know what I mean? Because you just do the bare <laughs> minimum. I like to go a little one step more just for the
0: people, you know what I mean? Yeah, I only read 20 to 30 comics <laughs> a week. You read 21 to 31. Yep, exactly. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to crowdcast on YouTube. Come back out. We would love to chat with you about comic books, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show. Comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, we'll see you at the virtual comic book shop.